0: I've been. Welcome to the latest episode of Corporate Break Podcast. This week we'll be discussing the sharing economy. Uh, and in actual fact, I want to start by asking a, a slightly different question than normal. Robert, why have you chosen sharing economy as this week's topic?
1: Robert, why you choose it? Just question. Yeah. No pressure.
2: Yeah, of course. Now I can, now I can see it. Um, I choose the topic because this is more and more. This is the topic that is more and more visible in Poland, meaning it started several years ago in Europe and in US, but actually we couldn't feel that in, in Poland. Now I I feel that this is more often visible, and people actually start noticing that this is something that can bring them additional value uh, and additional income.
1: All right, um, there's actually when Robert shared the topic and said, "Okay," it's like, "Okay, that's really interesting." Because I, I am, as, as a person, you know, you see all these electric scooters like Bolt and Lime and and others. Um, I used my, I haven't used these. I downloaded the app, and the only time I want to use it, the the nearest scooter was run was out of battery, and and uh, it's what <laughs> you guys <laughs> love it, but that's what happened. But I use the sharing economy in renting cars, you know, we have tra- in Krakow, like next to Ikea, you have these traffic cars, you mm-hmm. know, and they don't have a big car. So I use this like a minivan to carry on the stuff that they're buying from Ikea. And I was wondering, actually, it's like, okay, how big it, it might be very big in the U.S. and, you know, maybe also in the U.K., but how big it is in Poland? And I was trying to Google it how big the sharing economy is. And find a final story. So meet our friend James. Um, Eight o'clock James, while he does his morning workout, James listened to his cardio playlist on Spotify. Spotify is a sharing economy. Then 9.15, he books office space in the co-worker, coworker co-working office. as an app. And then 12.30, a nearby young woman offer her home cooking via Yumber, and James jumps on the opportunity. And 3.45 in the afternoon, on the way home, he stops to pick up foods he ordered from Global. And then at 4 p.m. to unwind, he starts um, watching a film on Netflix. And then he gets bored and reads the book sourced from script. So that's really how big the sharing economy is. But I think Robert, you did a bit of research. What is it, what sharing economy is?
2: Yeah, basically this is what you just said. This is where our marketplace is growing and there are two parties that agreed to use, or basically to use one platform to, uh, to be able to use or um, consume more product or service that actually, actually they, are not, they are not owner. So when we're using the different possibility that are on the market that people are sharing, but at the end we are not the owner of this product or service.
1: All right. And, and actually monetary values is, you know, I found a study that was done by PwC. It's not the most recent one, I think. It's like dating two years um, or something like this. And the shared economy in 2013 valued at $15 billion globally and versus 240 billion, which is the normal operating you know, business. But they expect by 2025, the ratio will become 50-50. But I think is that we're going way faster than 2025. If we just, I'm thinking myself, and I think probably Kevin, you, you come up with this conclusion, but it's going way faster. I think we are using more sh- sharing economy than it is really traditional economy, if any, actually.
0: I think it is. I think it's becoming more cultural habits where it's now ingrained. We don't even think of these things. We don't think of, uh, you know, like you used uh, Netflix as an example. Now people just accept that Netflix is actually almost part of life. If you watch television, if you watch movies, you've got HBO Prime, Was you've got uh, HBO Go, you've got uh, Prime, you've got uh, Disney. All, all the major uh, networks, corporations are doing this uh, I think, as well, it's quite... Uh, I'm interested to get your opinions on this. It's quite uh, generational, thing. So, I, I'm the oldest out of the three of us. For me, I feel more and more, and you're right, because I know even from, you know, my family, was that uh, my mother, who's older, she also has Netflix, things like this, you know, for a lady in her 70s to be doing this, she's part of it. But I wonder whether it's, uh, I see the younger generation people now in their 20s was that people who are teenagers have now grown up in this way and even the computer games was that are now done quite a lot this way we're able to share i know for xbox and playstation so you're right it might be moving faster so that uh, yeah the people who are growing up this is now the standard way of living the standard way of uh, you know maybe not owning things was that buying uh, you know renting things for short term
1: and, and I think it's very interesting because we would I I feel the shift right. So I'm I, not as much as you probably, Kevin, but I can see where we have been watching you know, tradi- you know traditional normal TVs like TV channels or or whatever it is. And then what was it like in the, the year two thousands and uh, we had the internet TVs when you have all the channels not on TVs but you watch it on the internet. But now. Like Why you should watch the whole program, you just pick up exactly the show that you wanted uh, and, and watch it. And then you could also reflect on that the, the normal or the traditional operating, you know, businesses, they start rethinking their models too. There's a kind of, you know, either adapt or die scenario. So I think even from the business perspective, they, they know that they cannot continue because just the sharing economy will, will eat their market share.
0: I think there's still a market for it. However, you're right, I read something recently which was interesting. It was uh, obviously, because I'm British, was that we have the BBC. and BBC are trying to expand on their uh, iPlayer, where you can watch any of their programmes at any time. But what is still interesting is some of their most watched programmes in the last decade Are still on the BBC One, BBC Two networks, where you have to tune in on a Sunday at eight o'clock, and for example, fifteen million people watch Line of Duty. In which case, in actual fact, fifteen million people is more people than watch most of the Netflix series globally. And this is what so there's still that market of people still kind of wanting that um, way of doing it. But I wonder if it is definitely generational, Robert
2: yeah i think it is at least in Poland it is related to access accessibility it is like hard work to hard, hard work to pronounce because even if i look at the cars so if I look at my parents they recently buy they recently bought the new car and this is the first new car that they bought in their life and it 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 isn't like a fairly expensive car it is like a one of the cheapest one but now if you Can actually spend, let's say, one thousand a month for the renting car instead of spending one hundred thousand for the car. Now we can actually can have a new car and not paying it fully. And then, if in the next year you say, okay, I want a new car, you can actually take the new uh, new renting agreement. So it's like now it is more accessible, accessible, accessible than it was it was before.
1: Coming back to your stories about the TV and the TV programs, I, I think it's, it's a question of demographics. So if you have a country where you have a, a big part of the population, there's an aging population, mm-hmm. that means that the adoptions to sharing economy will be at a slower pace than nations, whereas, you know, half of their populations is between 25 and 30 years old. And, and that's kind of reflecting, too, why the sharing economy popped up. is just because we have all of this concentration populations in cities, so there's not much of space to actually to own um, an asset, or actually it's too expensive to own an asset. Just to pick up an example, right, if you want to travel, right, you all the time find it cheaper to find an Airbnb than booking a hotel room, right? I know that booking provide the same services, but then how much affordable it is for young people, who is earning potentially less than their grandparents, to go and afford a a hotel room. So it's been, it's there is a prerequisite, is an environment that helped the sharing economy to flourish and grow. Equally to cars, to stories of your parents, right? In the past, they need to buy a car because the distance of travel between cities is too long for their work. But now everyone working in the cities, why well, you need to buy a car, you can rent a scooter or rent a car.
2: Funny thing is that actually the sharing economy started like 10 or 15 years ago and it started from the something called, called uh, couchsurfing. When you actually could find the uh, couch in a different city just to spend the night and then go, go further. And actually it started from the people travelling between the, the cities.
0: So I would maybe even push that even further, so obviously we come from three, very different backgrounds, historic backgrounds, okay. but I actually now that we're talking about it, I'm remembering some things from stories from my grandparents. So I remember my grandparents they didn't own their TV or their uh, any of their you know um, electrical equipment in their house. It was rented. I remember in the local high street next to uh, the closed high street next to uh, my home when I was growing up, there was a shop where you actually went in and you rented these things. So you would pay your uh, weekly, monthly amount. You exactly that uh, you wanted to buy a new settee, you wanted to buy a new fridge freezer. You don't you don't buy it outright. You paid your money was you paid it up over a amount of time, or you even just rented it and you returned it when uh, possible. And I think this is also where things such as a uh, bed and breakfasts started as well so airbnb um, couch surfing these things but it used to be that you had a larger house you had spare rooms you just rented out your room and it was cheaper as ben said it was it as a hotel and now of course bed and breakfast have become so standard and normalized that this is almost like the the next generation was that or, uh, or of uh, the sharing economy
2: yeah and uh what you actually just said is the sharing economy but in the like a very small scale yeah and uh this all is possible now on the uh, like a global uh global aspect because of the uh cost cost and complexity of matching a supply and demand is is lower and lower and this is because of internet and because of possibility of uh, like a connection to two two parties uh, together and what is even more interesting is that nowadays you don't need even computer you just need a smartphone and then you can get whatever you want
0: one last thing i think for me do we also think this is maybe down to the cost of products these days are they higher did do we see that now house prices are increasing car prices are increasing smartphones are much more expensive than they used to be that we have this younger generation coming up who are maybe i'm not going they're not rebelling against it but they're thinking actually do we want to invest all this money in this product do we want to do this or exactly was it you share it
1: i think this is where we i think we we talked about the two minutes ago is like it's the sharing economy just came up as an idea to meet a demand in a market which is basically affordability. People cannot afford anymore buying a car or they don't even see a need for buying one as, as well. But I think there's another things to it as well. So this is kind of the, the demand part of it. But and then there's the supply part of it, right? In the past, as you said, um, Robert and Kevin, is that um, it's kind of an extra source of income. That's what the sharing economy was started. It's an extra source of income. People do it. Like if you have a big house, why not renting a room? If I'm having my car, why don't I actually share it and drive my colleagues? Or just you know, do a weekend weekend each, right? And driving to work together. Like carpooling. Um, and I think the, the supply part of this is just the evolutions of not from being just an extra source of income to being a main source of income. There's a lot of companies right now, similar to the shop, but there's online. They they rent out equipment, right, to cleaning services, for example, or professional services, right. They're renting out cars. We talked about it earlier on. For example, in Craig, we have this traffic car thing. Um, um, you can rent an, a room and through an Airbnb. So I think there's a lot of factors that just made it possible for the sharing economy to grow and actually to continue to grow. But as I said, you will have different rate of growth in different countries. And I think the main drivers is continue to be demographics and the speed for people to adapt and change their way of utilizing their assets or actually requiring services for themselves as well.
2: There's one more example that I have. Uh, Isilando. Recently, Isilando launched a program where you can actually resell your used uh, clothes which is actually also part
1: of the sharing economy. Yeah, and you have vintage or else as well, so there's money.
0: Right, guys, very interesting uh, topic. Robert, I'm glad you picked sharing economy as your topic uh, for this week. So thank you very much was that, uh, for joining us. Ben, Thanks. Robert, speak to you soon. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.